Pat Silver, also known as Doc Ways In, and I welcome you to another episode of the Dr. Ways In on the radio. And we have a very interesting guest with us today, Dr. Sam Tejem. Did I say it right, Sam? That's correct. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, Sam is a doc. He's a board-certified pediatrician, and he's actually in practice with Tri-Valley Pediatrics, admitted to the Valley Medical Care Center, and is also an assistant clinical professor at UCF Medical School. Um, the reason why we have Sam with us here today is that he is also an app developer, and his app is called Asthma MD. So, Sam, I'm going to turn it over to you, and I'd love for you to describe for me what Asthma MD is and what it does, and maybe a little bit about how you came to develop it. Uh, sure. Uh, so, Asthma MD um, was developed back in uh, 2010 with our first release. Uh, so, back in 2009, it was very clear to me, seeing a lot of patients in my office and the CDC data that was being released, that the rate of uh, asthma, especially in children, was increasing. And, and this was around the same time that the iPhones and apps were becoming uh, ubiquitous among people that were using it. Uh, and I always have had this interest in using technology and, of course, my other passion being medicine and combining the two. Uh, so in 2009, I, I got together with a friend of mine who ran a technology firm, and together after about nine months of uh, working uh, with his team and our medical team, we came up with um, uh, what was released, the uh, first uh, asthma mobile app that did a lot of things for the very first time. We weren't the very first asthma app altogether, but uh, we kind of approached it a very unique uh, perspective. Um, obviously, I'm a physician, so I wanted to make sure that it fits uh, physicians' workflow and it would be something that has a lot of useful information uh, for me to be able to help my patients and ultimately patients had to use it. Um, so we made sure that on our team we had a lot of patients testing it and get the user interface in, in a way that is very simple uh, for them to use. Uh, now, in unique to our circumstance, we also had researchers on our board um, to tell us what they needed. And we were the very first uh, mobile app to collect um, a crowdsourced data for health, uh, to use this data to help researchers um, analyze and uh, crowdsource this to uh, get some aggregate data and, and find out uh, as much information as we can about the disease, in this case with the asthma. Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to interrupt you there because sure. I want to drill down into the data a little bit. I did have a chance to look at your video on your website, which um, was great in taking me through how to use your app. Um, so a lot of the data is um, is self-entered data, right. um, including um, peak flows, right? I mean, the patient Correct. basically has to put everything in. How, how's that working out? Are patients willing to, you know, take the time to enter the data? Right. So uh, that was actually one of our concerns, too, initially uh, about uh, that. And, and thankfully, it, it, we just made it as simple as possible for them to, um, to do this. Uh, and, yes, we are having a lot of patients uh, enter this data into it. And we have two large groups of people using it. One group uses this app seasonally um, when they are feeling like they need to control their asthma. Uh, throughout the year, but uh, certain seasons more than others. 
Uh, and we have another group that are, uh, I would consider more uh, severe asthmatics, which they use the app on a daily basis, maybe multiple times throughout the day. Uh, so we have both groups uh, uh, being our user group. And what we've done since we released it, we've really listened to them and, and added more functionality and features and removed some things that were hindering them to use the app. So uh, with every release that we've had, we try to meet our users' expectation of requests. So I'm thankful we have so many of them uh, that we get uh, hundreds of recommendations. Uh, and we were able to kind of pick the ones that are that most everybody's asking and, and keep updating and, and improving the app. You just make it really, really simple uh, to use. Um, yeah, because nobody wants to do anything that's more than about three clicks anymore, as far as I can right. tell. I made that remark the other day, and I was corrected, and they said, no, we only want to do two clicks. Uh, so, Tim, how, how many users do you have? How many people from you guys have been around uh, in digital time for quite a while? How, how many people are using or have used your app? Right. So, um, we are the number one used mobile app. We're close to about 100,000 active users uh, that uh, are uh, using our app more routinely. Uh, we really Congratulations. Don't That's a big number. Yes, yeah, so we're kind of unique in this space, and there was a few things that led us to be where we are today um, to get to this size, and that really has opened up a lot of doors uh, because of uh, just the immense popularity, and it was just all organically grown uh, from word of mouth and the media that just picked up this new idea about approaching um, chronic disease management, which is very exciting for both on the side of technologists, uh, physicians, and patients. And um, so, again, on the data, how, how many different elements are you tracking? I mean, I know that you have the, the usual demographics and right. you ask people to enter their peak flow. Are you – and you ask them to enter symptoms and triggers. Right. Um, what about location? I know one of your competitors um, – Asmopolis, now known as Propeller Health, uh, also will track location, which could be interesting on a population basis for determine where, um, you know, where hidden triggers are or sure. where that acacia tree is or you know, the goldenrod or whatever it is that's setting off as, as matters. Sure. sure. So early on we decided that uh, finding the location, uh, because the phones all are equipped with GPS, uh, wasn't that crucial since the phone did it uh, with every single entry. So every time that uh, a user uses and enters data, it's stamped with a exact GPS location where that data is being entered. Uh, so that, that uh, nullifies any need for any external device to, again, give a GPS location. Um, so, so that's one of the elements that you track and correlate with? Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay. And one of our data that we followed was to find out um, uh, one of the sort of data that we have, for example, uh, tracks a group in uh, uh, of severe asthmatics and uh, correlates their exacerbation of low peak flows and uh, projects that over a map of the U.S. Uh, along with that, we have the data from NOAA, that's the National Oceanic Atmospheric Association's uh, pollution data, both ozone and nitrous oxide levels, uh, to, to show when those levels peak. And what we were able to show, for example, in case of ozone, was as soon as the ozone levels went up within those centers, uh, the people closest to those centers had uh, followed by getting their asthma worsened. Uh, and we were able to kind of come up with an idea that we, perhaps we can do an early warning system for those people uh, by, by using this. And this is all in real time. 
so there is no uh, lag time. We, we know this instantaneously, which is really exciting and really opens a lot of doors uh, in population health. And have you have you published any of this data? It seems that there would be not only medical but also perhaps some uh, political reasons for getting this information. Yeah, it kind of gets political. <laughs> so this is uh, our internal data. We are working to get uh, more uh, data published. The the publishing world uh, still is not used to mobile data uh, being, uh, of course, they're used to more controlled environment because uh, there are variables that as uh, people are just mobile devices, uh, we cannot control. Um, so it's not as clean cut as uh, someone doing a double-blind control study, of course. So it is a, a kind of a learning curve, and we've been so focused on uh, uh, on our app uh, that we haven't really spent too much resources uh, on getting those data published. We do have them available for those who are interested, of course. Um, and but there are ongoing studies that we're doing. There are more control dues, and it's going to, of course, take longer for those studies to come out. And, and so tell us a little bit about that. I, I understand that you have, what, at least one um, clinical study in the pipeline. Do you have more than one? And, and uh, there are more than one on? going on right now that are using ASLAMD as a platform. Uh, to And, and um, I guess that goes to, to our latest release. Our latest release allows... Uh, uh, the, the physicians or whoever's doing the study, for example, or uh, researchers to have uh, continuous access to uh, patients who choose to share the information with them, uh, meaning that uh, in the background uh, there's a web portal uh, that the user invites uh, their physician to, um, and from that point forward, all the information put into the uh, to their app is shared with that particular uh, physician, for example. Um, and this has allowed us to have uh, a one researcher just continues to collect this real-time data from their population uh, seamlessly. Um, and, and so just a, uh, a single person can, can monitor a, a very large population in real time, uh, which uh, prior to that, of course, wasn't really available. And what kind of reception are you getting from the docs? One of the questions I wrote down when I watched your video was, um, you know, so the asthmatics can send this data over to the doctors. Do right. the doctors actually want it and do they <laughs> use it? Well, remember, <laughs> I know I hear a lot of docs say, don't send me that stuff. <laughs> I, I made sure that's a few things. Uh, first, uh, as a physician, I'm already busy enough, so the last thing I want is a complicated set of data being sent to me and, and it's going to take uh, time uh, from my uh, during the day to be able to analyze it. So we're using the power of technology to analyze everything. So uh, what the doctors get is a very simple graph, uh, which you don't even have to look at the specifics. You immediately, by looking at it, you know this patient is under control or not. Uh, so really, you don't get the data. We're using the power of technology to uh, to analyze it and, and give you the information you absolutely need rather than particular sets. Now, for those who want it, yes, the, the data sets will follow. So you can dig into it and really realize, well, this patient's asthma is worse certain time of the day rather than all day. Well, maybe they should take their medications more in the evening rather than morning. Um, and just uh, my experience in my office with my patients uh, it's been amazing how, uh, with this information I've had, I've been able to uh, do simple changes, whether it is just the timing of patients uh, taking their medications 
or just a simple switch or addition to make a huge difference in people's lives because we don't know what happens when kids or our patients are not in the office. We see them for 15 minutes. Um, and beyond that, they're at home, they're in the playground, they're at school. So this really allows us to uh, have insights into their overall daily routine and how they're doing uh, as individuals, as people, in their real life, rather than their controlled setting when they come to see us. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the power of mobile health is really going to be in that between-office visit space. Sure. When yeah, I was in... Yes, yes, you were right. When I was about. in training, was it really a, was, we didn't pay much attention to it. We just assumed you were following our instructions. Right. In between the Amazing that people are not. <laughs> Amazing they weren't. You're right. And then you were asking about the physicians. So we've actually had a really great response back from physicians who are really excited about having this tool. And uh, there are, there's a um, one of the websites that's called HealthTap uh, that um, lists physician-recommended apps on their feelings. I'm um, happy to say that we're also number one recommended and prescribed app by physicians to their patients. So that really, that, that made me happy. Um, to yeah, see congratulations that, um, again. Oh, those those are, you know, both 100,000 and, and being a, a top app on health tap are, are really uh, are great things for, for an app. Yes, I'm very excited that uh, it's kind of a stamp of approval for my colleagues. Uh, to see the same value that I've seen uh, both in designing it and using it in my in my clinic. We have a very busy pediatric clinic uh, uh, taking care of about 8,000 patients uh, of our active patients. So I get plenty of opportunities to test it out. Um, and, and I do the same when there's a new addition. I have a lot of my patients who are interested in looking at new features and giving me feedback. So it's a, uh, that's how we come up with... Um, our uh, new features is fully tested our, by, our, by my patients and, and some outside patients uh, and our user base, uh, our active users, before we release the general population. And so, you know, I, I want to come back to the, um, you know, the validation of, of the app. So people like it, people are using it, the doctors like it, and those are all good things. Um, but is it making a difference in clinical outcomes and in financial outcomes. Do you have any data on whether people are having fewer exacerbations, whether they're having to use rescue medicines less, whether they're, you know, avoiding ER and hospitalization? Right. All that is the ultimate answer. I mean, the question to be answered is, does it actually lead into lower hospitalization? So the data we have currently, uh, it shows that um, we, we follow two groups, and we chose our uh, U.K., and the reason we chose UK was uh, because they have a uh, government system, so everyone has equal or at least close to equal access to health care. Because with mobile health, I, mean, I don't know exactly specifics of who um, is using it and their ability to access equal amount of um, uh, physicians and medication. So by looking at the uniform group, we try to eliminate that as a bias. And with our, well, it's easy enough to look at thousands, so with our size, we're looking at 6,000 people in our group, which uh, is bigger than most um, studies out there. Um, and we'll look at two groups. One we designate as our active users. These are people that use the app um, multiple times throughout the week. Uh, and the other group was our baseline, our, our control group, which uses it sporadically. Um, which means they use it uh, once per week or once every other week. Um, and we kind of follow them for a six-month period looking at, you know, what happens to them over six months. Um, and actually our, our more, like I said, 
proactive group or more severe group. So they had started at a lower peak flow measurement, which is how we evaluate how your lung is doing. And after six months, they actually had a 10% improvement uh, above the uh, control group. Um, so that showed us really by, by tracking your peak flows and visualizing how your lung is doing, you can make some changes um, and perhaps be more adherent to their, your regimen or share this information with your physicians and achieve better control. And based on that result, we can decide that, you know, it does a 10% improvement. If this number, does that actually translate to less hospitalizations? Um, that we still work on. Um, but obviously, for every step, we need to prove that one single step at a time. So we're moving in that direction. Yeah, that's good. And of course, there's um, selection bias in, in that particular study design, as there are in a lot of study designs that aren't able to use um, a real reference group. Um, yeah, it's, it's the limitation of using, of course, mobile data. Is you know, you, you, both your groups are using your app, so you don't actually have information on people that are not. Um, Using your app because you know that would be doing an actual study, right? Um, and 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 we and we know that the people who were not the uh, active users are different from the people, you know, just just by the fact that they're using the um, app differently, they're right. they're they're actually different groups of people. But w without um, getting everybody involved in issues of study design, which most people don't care about, <laughs> um, I I think what we'll do is to to close up here. The time just flew by. Um, with the question that I like to ask all physician entrepreneurs, and, and that was, how did you go from, uh, you know, being a doc uh, to being an entrepreneur? I know you said that, um, you, you know, you, you found a friend and you decided to do this, but um, I I anything else? Is the entrepreneurial bug? Yes. Uh, well, I, I, I own my practice and I run this uh, as a uh, as a business owner, uh, as well as being a physician. So I do have an entrepreneurial side to me, uh, and I'm always looking for um, uh, healthcare opportunities that is has a big value to patients. And modernizing asthma care, it was just kind of came really natural to me. I have huge interest in asthma and allergy care, and our big, uh, it's a p big part of our practice here. And, of course, you know, the, the technology and the apps are available. It, it to me, was a, a no-brainer. Uh, initially, of course, we didn't know how this was going to be successful. We knew that there was going to be a big need for it. So we decided before, you know, we don't have to figure everything out. We just make something that a lot of people are going to use and figure out the rest later about how this was going to be financially sustainable. And, and that's pretty much how it's worked out. Uh, everybody's kind of reaching out uh, to to us to collaborate and partner, and that's how we've been able to be uh, successful. Well, that's great. So I know you can get it on the iTunes store. Um, when's it going to be available uh, in Android? And it'll be available on Android in a couple of weeks. Uh, mid to end of June, it'll be uh, available for Android as well. And we're very excited because it's, um, it's going to be a first time uh, since it's released that it's going to be an Android. Uh, and, I, and we've gotten so many requests for this that uh, I'll, I'll be able to finally send out this email and let those people who are interested know to, that it is now available. Uh, because I know I, uh, we've received uh, an, a number of emails uh, about this request. 
Well, based on the uh, number of people who have other than the iPhone, uh, <laughs> once you come out in Android, it should do a lot to boost your numbers, which are already very high. So I want to thank you very much, Sam, for taking time out of your uh, busy life to spend time with us and to tell us about Asthma MD. And um, I myself am an Android user, don't have asthma, but I love to play with apps, so I look forward to the new release. And I want to thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.